This is the Ignition Point, where every day Clayton Bradley Academy works with students to build problem solving, critically thinking, collaboration, and using of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today, we're going to pick up part two of an interview with Scott Hussey. Scott was one of the original members of our faculty to help build our middle school and high school, and he works now in our high school humanities department as an English teacher and teaches multiple grade levels there. He has been talking about how they build curriculum and how they try to integrate with other subjects, as well as how we use Harkness, a method of instruction that comes from Phillips Exeter, and Scott has become an expert at that style of instruction and uses it in a awesome way every day. And so we want to go right back into that conversation with Scott Hussey. And I know I was teaching as a as a partner with you uh, early on in that. And and like you said, you could immediately start to see a difference in in the way kids would bring ideas into the classroom. Even in my science class, when we weren't we were not necessarily doing any kind of Harkness, I was not trained in that. We would try to do some discussions, but I wasn't uh, wasn't doing it to the level you were doing it. Um, but you were still seeing kids start to bring more of that evidence of I'm going to make this statement. This is connected to this thing that you gave us to read or you know this graph that you showed us or the lab that we did um, and you could see that they were starting to put these pieces together in their head and and it make more sense then for them and I think that then helps the learning overall I think it's a great style of, of instruction and I think it fits us really well here mm-hmm. um, I love going in your classes and and seeing that th- this year I, I was able to get into a couple it seemed like it was always the freshman class that that I walked into uh, for whatever reason I don't know my walks I guess were always during freshman English well I had I had three sections of English of freshman English this year okay, and so only one section of junior English and so that's the mo- majority of the time I was right. with ninth graders uh, and it was just great hearing these ninth graders you know talk about the text that you were were having them read, but then they were bringing in their personal experience, which, you know, how much more do we show that what what you as a person, I guess, have value, then you're able to bring in your personal life and connect it to the reading that we're doing. Like, isn't that what we want when you're reading something to have that like personal connection of like, oh, I can see how I'm like that character or how I'm different than that mm-hmm. character. Um, and so it was great. They were talking about, I can't remember the book now, um, that they were re- refer- referencing, but you know they were bringing in how they experienced that with nature, and how some of them were talking about how they experienced that in their religious practice, and and it was connecting up to what this author was writing about uh, in the in the the book. And I'm trying to remember, did I want to say it was like a river runs through it? It was or, a river runs through it. Okay. Yeah, and I mean that it is a so to to put that back to the curriculum question. Um, at the time, Dr. Fetcher was looking at energy and conservation, and so I have a unit where, where I'm starting to teach argumentative writing, um, and we argue whether or not hydroelectricity right, is a green energy, right? And, and we look at the TVA around here, yeah. and um, the book, uh, River Runs Through It, 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 it really kind of gets into how rivers can be spiritual places. I mean, there's no shortage of rivers as metaphor in, right. in spiritual work. So, <laughs> right. um, but it, yeah, and so the, the, the book, if, if you haven't seen the movie or, or read the book, it's fantastic. Um, and the father in that is a, is a Episcopalian, um, pastor. No, um, sorry. Yeah. 
and he you know and then he trains his sons to um understand liturgy right and right. so a lot of the language in the book it it takes on that mystery that um religious tone right that yeah. the the reverence for river right and so without being instructive right because we don't want to particularly focus on any one dogma in our classroom but right. it allowed students a space to like connect to the main character Right to understand the argument about why people wouldn't just want to look at anything in nature and say, "Oh, we can turn that into power." Right. Right. right? Like, "Oh, we can make money off of that." Right. Like, there are things in nature where some people sit down and say, "I really wish you would not change this." Right. Yeah. Um, what's the John Muir quote about the Grand Canyon? Leave it as is. A God made it perfect, and man can only mar it. <laughs> right. When they were wanting to like turn uh, the Grand Canyon into amusement park right right and so you know to have students connect their personal understanding when they do that the book has more meaning absolutely the lesson has more meaning the the, yeah. the, con the argument has more meaning and they don't have to agree right like that's the most important part is at least they weigh the argument right and that, that's what I was able to see as I was observing that day. And I wasn't in there very long, but just the discussion of there were students that were not saying they were not adding to the conversation in, in a religious context. And then others were. And, and there was no uh, judgment about what religious practice they were referring to. I think there was a Hindu that was referring to some of their practices. There was a Christian that was referring to some of their practices. And they're just talking about how what they do is 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 connected to what they were reading in the book and i thought it was great i mean it, it really was a good discussion where it was open to discuss things at the table and and in that idea of what you're saying has value right now and i want to hear it and i want to i want to try to understand it because as i understand what you're saying i'm understanding you as a person too mm -hmm. Um, and and through that, we're also all learning about whatever text we're reading and, and hopefully then incorporating that into our writing and that sort of thing. And of course, if you're living in East Tennessee, I mean, you the, there's areas that you can see how humans have impacted that area. And then there's areas, you know, right here in the Smoky Mountains where you can get to that you can see some unaffected areas outside of trails and, you know, how humans have affected it through trails. But um, really kind of just see creation or, or the uh, the the mountains and the beauty of, of the, the world, yeah. you know, from, from different views and different vantage points that it's pretty amazing. It's, it's pretty awesome. I think that's one of, the, one of the aspects that I get to do as an educator in Harkness is I really get to learn uh, about my students, right? Yeah. And, and isn't, isn't that something, like, as humans we all want? Like, we want someone to pay attention to us when we're sharing our thoughts and to affirm that those thoughts have subsidence and they're important, right? Absolutely. And like, um, they may not be as important to me as they are to you, but I recognize why they're important to you and I recognize their importance, right? Um, and the, the Harkness conversation and then the class allows me, one, to really get to, to know my students, not as ninth graders or whatnot, but as their name, right? Yeah. Um, as, as who they are as, as a people, as a person. And um, that's cool, right? Like, Absolutely. That I, I, get to, I, get to see, I get to see and learn about them. And, and I think what, being here 
um, and I'm forever grateful for being here, is that I, I get to meet so many really intelligent, cool human beings. They just happen to be 14. Right. Or 17, right? And so, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Hussey. I'm always going to be Mr. Hussey, right? You should watch them when they come back as alumni and say, Scott's fine. And like, yes, Mr. Hussey. <laughs> um, you know, the, the face of anguish, like, I really can't call you Scott. Do you That's understand? right. Right. And so yeah, yeah. I understand we're not friends, but to like, for, for at least to get to know them. And, and um, it's just fortunate. It's just yeah. a really cool um, way to go about my day. You know, we're going to finish uh, with a little bit of a discussion of before I got here as a teacher, I never I, I was always thinking about what I was doing in the classroom of I wanted kids to learn whatever it is we were talking about. But I was not necessarily thinking about how their brain works to help that learning. And one of the things that we do with the highly effective teaching model and with our staff is we are always kind of thinking about, well, how does the brain learn right now of wherever they are, what's going on in their brain? And how does that affect them in the classroom? And that was a concept. Like I said, for me, even in, as a science teacher, I was just working on content, mm -hmm. you know, and how can I get my kids to learn this content? And I was learning strategies, obviously, to help them with that content. But I was never thinking of it through a lens of, of there's brain research out there that can actually help us do what we do. And it's one of the things that we talk about here. Of we're intentional about everything that we do. Um, so when you're thinking about what, what are some things that maybe you have learned along the way with, with how the brain learns that you've incorporated that into your classroom or just into the thought pattern of this is why we're doing whatever it is that we're doing? Sure. One, um, my, my class is a pattern, right? So each day is very, most likely is very similar to the previous day. We start out um, with either a, a warm-up or vocabulary, right, or some sort of writing activity. Um, we then immediately will go into the Harkness conversation about the assigned text, right? And so um, we're immediately then going into, here's what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes. And if you're in the class consecutively, right? So you start to see it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right? We have vocabulary first. We have Harkness conversation, right? And so you get to learn the pattern. And then in the second half of... Um, a 90-minute block or the 105-minute block, um, I would then go into some form of instruction and writing. Yeah. The Harkness conversation itself operates as a form of immediate feedback. Yeah. Right. So if you're assigned 20 pages to read between the two classes, um, you and you get to talk about that day, right? Not listen to me tell you what you read, but right. you personally get to talk about it and have those ideas validated, or listen to other students talk about it. As well, um, that's in a form of immediate feedback, and so the brain can like grab onto that. Yes, that idea um, was validated by my peers or by my instructor. Um, no, that idea didn't seem to fly as much. Maybe I should go on another track. Um, and then I work on making sure students come into my classroom. It's not a free space, right? There, it's like walking. I think the classroom's sacred, right? And um, you know, I, I I grew up in a religious environment, and I can tell you, if I acted the way I did on the playground or with buddies, the way I acted in church, <laughs> my dad would have my hide, Absolutely. right? Um, and he was a he was a head usher, so I was there a lot. Um, 
you know, multiple times during the week. Right. And, and I knew that the moment I walked into that building, here's how I am to hold myself. Yeah. Right. And my grandparents were involved in a country club. Same deal. As soon as you walk into the country club, I'm not Scott having fun. I am, um, Bill's grandson, Bill and Nancy's grandson. I'm Susan and Ed's son. Right. 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 Um, and I, as such, I have to operate a certain way. And this place has meaning, right? The place I'm in has meaning. And so I think the classroom operates in the same way. And so my job is not to make the classroom a threatening place at all, to make it absent of threat, but to know that there's a certain decorum that we hold when we're in this room. Yeah. And what that allows, I think, is it allows ideas to be the, the important currency. Yeah. Right? Um, and over time, it takes a little bit with the ninth graders. By the time they're juniors, they understand that, right? But um, over time, they, 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 they know, no, we're coming into English class, and this is how we operate in the classroom. It's, it, we can have fun, right? Right. We can joke around, right? But we, don't, we do not treat the classroom like a playground because it is not one, right? Yeah. And when, when you create that space, um, students will come to feel safe to be ele- intellectually and emotionally honest. Yeah. And if I can create that, the, the brain can be receptive to more ideas. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's what the, the, the research tells us. So I, I, I want to make sure that they're, they're calm. I want to make sure that they know the patterns. I try my best to get essays back as quickly as possible. Right. Um, and, and so patterns, absence of threat. Um, and, and then those are the, the major ways that I think the classroom, uh, my classroom's not loaded with a lot of posters, right? So we have the concept board if you want, it, if you want like the mind to like look at a bunch of stuff. Right. Um, my classroom really from a decorative decoration standpoint hasn't changed much in a couple yeah. of years. So there's nothing new to look at, right? To be like um, stare off at. Um, the color's always low. I even turn my lights down a little bit more. Yeah. Um, to just kind of drop the physical energy down. And then when the physical energy needs to pick up, go for a walk, kids. Yeah. Come back, talk about this idea. And so that way, you know, they're not just sitting, you know, in the chair for too long. Right. right. After a Harkness conversation, they almost immediately have to get up and go for a conversation. I go for a walk. Yeah. Right? But that's like with any great conversation, right? Like you can be... Um, wrapped attention and then after that conversation's over watch people stand up at the dinner table right, right or yeah. they, oh, you know there's that stretching and you know our kids are the same the students are the same so go for a walk and Absolutely. then we'll come back and learn well and the power of that go for a walk to process what it is that you were just a part of and to mm-hmm. allow the brain to kind of cash what it needs to cash and and maybe even get what rid of whatever it needs to get rid of. Right, <laughs> trim those dendrites. That's right, and and to think, oh, why did I say this, or I should say this differently next time, and and that's all learning. It's all part of what we do, and it's great to to have you sit down today. This was probably the the end of a part two because this has gone on for a little bit, but that's okay. Um, and and it's been a great conversation. I love sitting down with Scott and just talking about what he's doing. We, we've developed a pretty good relationship uh, throughout the last nine years, Well, eight years. Te- we've technically been working together for 10 years. Right, because we were at Heritage together right. beforehand. 
Um, so it's been it's been really great conversation. Thank you for that. And the stuff that happens in Scott Hussey's um, English class is pretty phenomenal. And and I'm pretty grateful that my kid my I've got one kid that's gone through a couple of your classes that have loved them. Um, She's coming back. I'm excited. That's right. Uh, yeah, and we're, and we're leading off with something she knows really well. Yeah, so she's she excited. So pumped. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. So, and then I've got some that are coming up, and I'm I'm excited about the, you know, them being in your class and everything that you do. This is the Ignition Point. It's Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work with students to develop problem solving, critical thinking, collaborating, and then how to use our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Um, we thank you so much for tuning in today and listening. Um, if you want to find out more about our school, you can check us out on the website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org. You can schedule a visit. You can come and see the magic that really happens in our classroom every day. We'd love to have you on campus, and we hope that you have a wonderful day.